0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Football Talk Podcast. My name is Ozzy and I'm your host for today's show. Now, the Premier League is back with a bang. And so, we're going to cover a lot of the games today. So, let's speak about the opening game. So, that is Crystal Palace versus Arsenal. So, for me, it was a great opening game of the season, especially the first half. It pretty much had everything. Arsenal played really, really well. I think they played some eye catching football, especially in the First half now, I'd say. Um, Gabriel Jesus just looks like a different player. Not the same player like we saw in Man City. I think he's playing with a lot more freedom. And you can kind of see the shackles off his back as well. So, good to see him play. Uh, Saliba, for me, was very solid in defence. Deserved to be man of the match. Uh, The goals itself, Martinelli with the first goal. uh, Nice headed finish. Well, he also got a headed pass from Sinchenko, who made his debut. Not the best of games for Sinchenko, to say the least, but I think he'll be a solid acquisition to the team going forward. I think it will take time for him to kind of embed to the way of playing uh, for Arsenal. He's a bit more of a tech-minded fullback as well, so he will need to get used to playing where he's a bit more defensive-focused as well at the same time. But, you know, it's the first game of the season takes time to sort of settle in um, to your new surroundings. The second goal was an on-goal by uh, Um For me, you should have done a lot better. I, I think he pretty much looked like he was trying to duck away from the ball itself. Uh, so, yeah, not a good way to end the game. Positives for Palace, I would say Zaha looked quite lively at times. as um, they showed some good touches. Maybe he should have scored that one-on-one uh, chance that he had in the game. But I think the stand-up performer was Anderson. He showed great passing range. Uh, for me, he's a key player for Palace. I said it last year as well. And I think he was a great signing when they first when he first joined the club as he had a great loan spell at Fulham. So, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised in terms of how he's playing, in terms of his ability on the ball. But back to the game itself, I think it's a good win for the Gunners. Some overreaction from Arsenal fans uh, regarding their, you know, their position going forward where they feel like they may win the league. I think it's a bit premature right now. It's the first game of the season. But having said that, you know, I think there's a lot of excitement was built for that first game. So they're allowed to have some fun, uh, to say the least. And speaking of fun, uh, the next game I am to cover is Fulham and Liverpool. So this was not great or any shape or form of fun for us Liverpool fans. A poor performance from the Reds. Um, And I have to be brutally honest, I think we were very, very lucky to get a point. Um, Fuller showed no respect to us at all from the first minute. They were pretty much on us throughout the game. I think, for me, Mitrovic was man of the match. I know, I think Salah got the man man of the match award afterwards. Uh, For me, he definitely deserved that award. He was unplayable at times. Uh, You can just see it in his game because um, I remember seeing him playing for Fulham a couple of years ago where he had that reputation of being a lethal goal scorer but at times he was quite aggressive quite erratic in his play and maybe he wasn't ready for Premier League football but now in terms of how he plays you can see his game has matured over the years uh, his hold up play was fantastic he played with a calm head and was in control whenever he had possession and he definitely troubled our centre backs you know with Van Tyke unfortunately giving away the penalty, uh, which for me was the right decision. And it was nicely slotted by Mitrovic. His first goal was a good goal as well. Um, a header cross came in from Tete, I believe. So that was a good uh, brace from him. Tim Reen for me, another honorable mention. I think he had a very solid game in the half defence. But overall, Fulham were fantastic. I think it's a great start to their Premier League campaign. But Liverpool, they pretty much need to shrug it off. Go again. Positive from the game, I would say, is the introduction of Nunes coming off the bench. I feel like whenever he got the ball, he looked like he was about to score. He's very lively around the box, uh, which is great to see. You know, as your new signing coming in, we've sort of missed that goal score in our team of the year. So I feel like he's a great addition. He is a bit erratic, but I feel like with more coaching and more, with more experience. I think that will be tuned up as time goes on and he'll have more composure in front of goal, in my opinion. Mo Salah was pretty much quiet in the game, but like all the best players, they come alive in vital moments and that's what he did in the second half. But unfortunately, bad news for Liverpool is that Thiago is out for a minimum of six weeks with a hamstring injury. I believe he's actually off for a re as well, so they're not entirely sure... The length of the injury, but because it's a hamstring and it's a recurring one as well, I can see him being out for two, three months. So that's a big, big blow to our season. Now, if you watched any of my transfer episodes during the summer, I've been saying we were in desperate need for a centre back. Uh, sorry, a centre mid. Um, Will it happen after this injury? I'd love to say it is. It would, but I just don't see it happening. Unfortunately, I just don't see the club not panic buying, but I feel like they already have a strategy in place where they want certain players to come in. And I think that is Belling was the sort of long-term target. So I think they're happy to wait for that player to come in rather than rejig their transfer strategy. So I really hope I'm wrong because we desperately need one. We've got such a long list of injuries right now and we only just play one game. So Thiago is injured. Konata is injured, Keita, Simikas, Jones, Jota, Oxley chamberlain Kelleher and I believe Ramsey as well who hasn't actually made an appearance so far this season. So Even in pre-season I should say, sorry. So yeah, not, not the greatest of times for Liverpool right now. I've heard Simikas and Keita will be in contention to play in our next game which is against Palace but yeah, I still feel like a new addition is required at this stage. But nevertheless, onwards, onwards and upwards from now on, I'm still sticking to my Premier League prediction with Liverpool in the title. So, yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll see how that goes on. Just got a couple of comments here from Madison Smith. TTA has a tendency to get beat at the back post. He needs to get better at that. Definitely agree with that one. Um, Yeah, it's been one of his areas I feel like maybe when a ball is sort of lofted into the area, I think his positional sense isn't quite there yet or he thinks he's been covered by another player. So that has happened quite a few times, especially last season. So that's probably one area for him to improve on. But yeah, it was a good quality cross. But yeah, I I agree. I think he should have done a bit better in, in regards to his positioning there. So the next game is Bournemouth and Aston Villa. So, not too lot to talk about in terms of the game itself, but for me, it was a surprise result of the week. Villa was just not at their paces in this game at all. Uh, Goal scored by Lerma uh, with a left-footed strike from a corner, a nicely headed goal by Moore to grab the win. Uh, But for Bournemouth, you know, I've predicted them to be 20th, unfortunately. But they've started off fantastically with their new campaign. Now, I've predicted Villa will finish 10th. But for me, they need to perform a lot better than what they did. I know it's the first game of the season, but I feel like they are one of the teams where some believe they'll be top half and some believe they'll be bottom half, maybe even fighting for relegation. So I've noticed this with a lot of content creators and pundits on TV as well. So... Yeah, it's going to be a difficult season for Villa due to their expectations because of the new signings that they've brought in. And it's Steven Giles' full season as well. So I'm thinking a lot of people expect, not a miracle, but expect Villa to go forward and challenge for European place. I don't think this is the season for that to happen. I still, still don't feel like they have the quality to do that. But it remains to be seen. We'll see how that goes for Aston Villa. The next game... Tottenham versus Southampton. So, I think Spurs were probably the, the best team performance of the week, in my opinion. None of the new signings started uh, for the game, but nevertheless, it's still a very strong lineup uh, for Tottenham. There, Southampton pretty much almost ruined the party. There, we were nicely executed vo- volley by Ward Prowse to start off the game. Sesenion as well equalized with a bullet header. For me, I really hope he's given a run of games for Tottenham this season. He has so much potential coming from Fulham and I feel like he's very much suited for that left wing-back role. So I know they're linked with another full-back from Serie A. So I feel like his chances may be reduced going forward. But I feel like, you know, he's injury-free right now as well. Has a bag of talent. And I feel like with confidence, with a run of games... I think he'll, he'll be a great asset for Tottenham, but we'll see how their season pans out for him. But in regards to the goals, Eric Dyer scored a very clever headed goal and it was an own goal from Salusu, which was ridiculous, by the way, if you, if you haven't seen it, uh, to make it four goals. And speaking of number four, that's where I believe Tottenham will be finishing at the end of the season. I don't think they have enough to break the top two, but they were pretty much Challenging for that top four, for that third and fourth position. I think they're a very, very strong outfit this season. They've got a lot more quality in their squad. They might be able to recruit a couple of more faces in this window. So who knows? But at this moment, I feel like they're very much a well-oiled machine and they're wearing to go. So another interesting battle for the top four there with Tottenham. Next game, Everton and Chelsea. So... (laughs) let's be brutally honest not the most exciting of games certainly won't be featured in any ads to promote the Premier League because it was definitely a ball fest but for Chelsea and at this stage it's always important to get up to a great start so they've got their win they've got the three points with a Jorginho penalty which is always the case for Chelsea debut for Colibali and Sterling who had decent games but in terms of my thoughts of Chelsea and their, their ambition for this season, I still believe they need to sign striker to challenge for top four. Playing Havertz or Raheem Sterling as a force nine, it won't be enough in my opinion. Plus, Timo Werner has just left on a permanent deal returning to Red Bull Leipzig. So you'd assume that on that basis that a new signing might be on the cards. I might be wrong, but... You wouldn't let go of an attacker like Werner and not replace him in the squad because they're not, they're not blessed with a lot of attackers right now. So let's hope they don't get any more deals hijacked and they try and keep the new deals on the love because it's been the story of their summer, unfortunately. And I'm, and I'm sure that's probably been a frustrating time for Chelsea fans. But I've still got two, three weeks left, so I'm sure there'll be plenty more rumours flying around with new players possibly joining in. Manchester United versus Brighton. So when I saw the scoreline, all I could think of was, oh, shit, here we go again. You know, you get that meme about Grand Fifth. It's the same old United, not the best of starts but regarding the 10 hog ball, whatever you United fans want to call it. And I'll be honest, it doesn't come as a surprise for me in terms of how they performed and how they're playing right now. United very lackluster in terms of how they're set up. That was the same story as of last season as well. Obviously, things will take time. You've got a new manager coming in, he's got a new philosophy, new style of play, new tactics, and all that sort of stuff. But the squad for me still lacks quality. They're signing players Ericsson, good signing, don't get me wrong. Uh, Malassia as well, decent left back. But I feel like there's areas in the pitch they really need to focus on. Number six is the obvious one. They need to sign that sort of player and a striker as well. I know Ronaldo's still on the books at the moment, but they still need someone as a backup, you know, I say quote-unquote backup uh, because they don't have enough quality. I don't think Martial is the answer and neither is Rashford. You know, minus the ongoing saga regarding De Jong, uh, they've been linked with Rabio and Anatovic. So I asked my Instagram followers yesterday, what year are we in? Because <laughs> these two players, for me, are past their best, especially Anatovic. He's 33 years old. Even when he was at West Ham, he was, or even a Stoke, he was all right. He wasn't, you know, wasn't setting the world, like to say the least. And Rabio, for me, when he was a youngster, he had a lot of promise. A bag of talent, but I think in the past it's been quite documented that his attitude and temperament is questionable, and that's that's been his sort of his image throughout his career. And his mum is his agent as well, so that's not to take a shot that his mum is an agent, but I'd, from what I've heard, there's rumours that that deal might not happen because she's playing hardball maybe we've got a salary or there might be other clubs interested right now. So it doesn't seem like United is Rabio's first choice at this stage. So yeah, it's a strange one, but who knows still, like I said, still a few weeks to go. The squad is in desperate need of new blood because right now the others aren't doing it. So, but let's give a mention to Brighton, big shout out to Brighton. Um, you guys did your thing and you got the three points. So, well unto you. Next game, West Ham versus Man City. So, two words to describe this game. Erling Haaland. He starts the season with a bang, like I've tied to this episode. Some have questioned the signing, which I find a little bit bizarre. I'm definitely not one of them. I think he's an amazing player. Just because he's come from a different league or he might not fit the style of peps way of playing football. I think that's a bit of a premature comment because when Pep was at Bayern Munich, he had Lewandowski, still did the job there. So I know with Zlatan at Barcelona, was a different story. But nevertheless, just to see how he performed in this game, for me, he scored that brace with ease on his Premier League debut. And that's a scary thought for everyone in the league. The first goal was definitely a penalty, nicely slotted by Haaland but the second goal wow only one word to subscribe to describe that was sublime an exquisite pass through ball however you want to describe it by Kevin De Bruyne to Haaland who finishes it superbly now this is a deadly combo this is the one that a lot of fans have been saying once this clicks it's over for everyone and I'll be honest with you that's That's a fearful fearful, um, pair of players playing together. And I have a feeling we'll be seeing that a lot this season because De Bruyne, we know know his passing ability, but we also know Haaland, he can really finish the ball. So City are obviously favourites to win the title and rightly so. I'm still vouching for my boys to ruin the party. But, you know, long season ahead, so we can always talk about this going forward. West Ham, on the other hand, for me, decent performance. They were just beaten by the better team on the day. But I think Hammers will have a good season. I've been really impressed with their recent signing, Maxwell Corney For me, he will add pace, directness from either wing. And he'll score a lot of goals, which he showed at Burnley last year. So, surprised that Newcastle didn't go for him, actually, because they were linked to him earlier in, in the window. But who cares? That's West Ham's game. And I'm looking forward to seeing him play in their next game, which I believe is against Nottingham Forest. So speaking of signings, actually, um, looks like Bernardo Silva is set to leave Man City and is heading to Barcelona. God knows how Barcelona are buying all of these players. Um, at once stage, it looked like they weren't even able to register them last week. Now I've heard that they might possibly be registering those players and now they want to sign Bernardo Silva on top as well. So. All kinds of legal stuff going on there because, yeah, it's not ethical 100% not so. So, yeah, so right now I think they're linked with a few players. So, some people are saying De Jong might be the player to come into Man City. I've heard rumors regarding Mate- Mateus Nunes from Sporting Lisbon and Jude Bellingham. So, if you've watched any of my previous episodes, especially the ones in the transfer windows that I did. Big fan of Mateus Nunes and Drew Bellingham. So, if City were to get either of those players, I would be livid. As I've been saying it for a long time, that we need a box-to-box midfielder. And they both fit that profile. So, I won't change my prediction right now. But, yeah, it's not looking positive as of yet. But, you know, like I said, a few more weeks of the window to go. There will be lots of chopping and changing with teams new players coming in, so makes the league more exciting, but that concludes my review of Match Week 1, but before we end the show, uh, I think it's only right that we announce our first FPL Manager of the Week, so I know a lot of FPL managers are probably disappointed, including myself, regarding Jesus, because he only notched up, I believe, two points, and is owned by 76% Um, of people playing the game which is the record I believe so but yeah back to the shout out the FPL manager of the week is Osman Shaquille of Cash FC uh, who who got 87 points so well done to Osman my namesake there really Uh, great start to the season but I've been saying there's a long way to go we're just getting started so I'm definitely on your back in terms of climbing up that ladder of, of the league but but yes, for now, that's a wrap-up for tonight. So, thank you to everyone for tuning in. Um, and thank you to Madison for the comments. Uh, if you haven't already, please don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel. It only takes a minute. It will be a big help in terms of growing our channel here. So, appreciate all the love and support. I'll be back again this Thursday for a match preview of Liverpool versus Crystal Palace. Uh, plus, I will also do a Match Week 2 prediction. I'll also be joined by a special guest, so look out for that on my social media for more details around that episode. But as always, everyone, take care, stay safe, and I hope to see you all very, very soon. Good night.